lesson for us today uh, in, in the face of everything that is going on in our world. And, and, and certainly there's a, a spirit of fear and uncertainty. And, and you've probably seen uh, 2 Timothy 1.7 shared just as much as I have that God has not given uh, us a spirit of fear. And uh, we need to remember that. And, and although that verse is being uh, shared very often, it's commonplace right now, I think it's important for us to remember that God has not given us uh, fear. Uh, if we have fear, if we have uncertainty that did not come to us from the Spirit of God dwelling within us, but that verse says that He's given us power, He's given us His might, His strength, uh, His ability to overcome, to go forward, to trust Him. He's given us, uh, us His love, His love for us, His love for others, uh, the opportunity to show that love to others. Uh, he's given us a sound mind, a, a strong, whole, established mind, one that's not controlled by fear uh, or panic or deception, and we need to remember that. So I think that that our series here, as we focus uh, uh, on God and learning about Him, uh, that it makes those things even clearer as we focus on, on Him, and uh, we, we get a, a closer, uh, our, a nearness to Him, uh, the access to what He's already given to us, and and, uh, you know, remember what we talked about last week and what we ended on, that the hereness of God is already present. His presence is here. Um, he is here with us. Uh, but the nearness of God is up to us. James chapter 4, verse 8 says, draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. And so we need to remember that. And I, I can't think of a better uh, time to be reminded of all that. And certainly today, as we look at God's omniscience, God's omniscience and, and uh uh, what a wonderful thought uh, that God knows it all today. And so uh, let me give you the definitions, definition excuse me, of God's omniscience there in your handout. Uh, it says God knows all things past, present, and future. God knows all things past, present, and future. And all things possible as well as actual. God knows all things past, present, and future, and all things possible as well as actual. Uh, you're in Psalm chapter 33. Look at verse number 13. Psalm 33 and verse number 13. The Lord looketh from heaven, he beholdeth all the sons of man. Uh, God looks down from heaven and beholds all the sons of man. Now, uh, let me say this does not contradict what we talked about last week, God's omnipresence. doesn't mean that God is only in heaven looking down on man. His presence is still everywhere. But as we said, there are times where Scripture will, uh, will use terminology to help us understand and comprehend God. And uh, we know that, that, that God, uh, his, his residence, if he is to be compared to us, his residence, his origination, if you will, is in heaven. And, uh, and so uh, the, the, this put God's in, term, uh, in terms that we can understand his omniscience, that even when uh, we look to where we perceive God originates, he looks down on us and knows us, and he sees everything about us, and by virtue of that, knows everything about us. And so look at Psalm 147. Look at Psalm 147 and verse number 5. Psalm 147 and verse number 5. The Bible says, Great is our Lord, and of great power, his understanding is infinite. His understanding 
is infinite. So we've already talked about the infinitude of God and how he has no boundaries or limitations. And here it is applied to his understanding that God has no limitations. He has uh, no boundaries on what he knows or what he understands. And, and uh, everything that, that we've talked about with God's infinitude, that there is no boundaries, there is nothing to constrict him or restrict him, applies to his knowledge, to his wisdom, and to his understanding, and that makes him omniscient. Look at uh, Romans chapter number 11. One more passage, and then I'll give you some, some thoughts about God's omniscience this morning. Romans chapter number 11, and look at verse number 33. Romans chapter 11, verse number 33. The Bible says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord or who hath been his counselor or who hath given, uh, hath first given to him and it shall be recompensed unto him again for of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. The depth of the wisdom and knowledge of God there in verse 33, the, the profundity, the extent of what God knows, the, the mystery of what God sees, uh, nothing in our lives or in anyone else's life escapes the knowledge of God. Um, nothing catches him by surprise or sneaks up on him. Uh, there's no question that he needs to ask. There's no thought that he has to ponder to try to figure out uh, uh, the meaning of it. There's no debate that he has to have within himself about what the right answer is. No question that we have that he doesn't know the answer to. No problem that we can bring him that he doesn't know how to solve. No mystery uh, that stumps his understanding. Uh, it, it, is, it is as deep as his love, so is his understanding and knowledge will never find the ending or the bottom. And a wonderful uh, thought today that God knows all. And so let me give you a few uh, statements here uh, just about God's omniscience. That first one there in your handout is God's knowledge is intuitive, not discursive. Now, that's a, that's a word that I hadn't heard before until studying for this. Um, but the word, that word discursive means to, to move from topic to topic, to, to learn about one thing and then learn about another thing and then focus on another thing and then focus on another thing. And if you're like me, that's the only way that you can live because you, you can't, can't do anything at the same time. Uh, you, you have to focus on one thing at a time. And, uh, and that's how we are for the most part. Uh, you, you can't multitask. They say that you really can't multitask, that you have to focus on one thing at, at, at once. You can only know one thing at a time. And, but God knows all at the same time, and, and uh, he knows it already. Uh, this idea of God being omniscient means that he simply knows. Uh, he does not learn or forget. Uh, God cannot learn, and he has never learned. And uh, look at uh, Job chapter number 37 with me. Job chapter number 37. It's not that God has spent a lifetime learning everything. He has always known everything. There's not been a moment that God has not known what he knows. Job 37 and verse number 16, it says, Dost thou know the balancing of the clouds? the wondrous works of him which is perfect 
in knowledge, perfect in knowledge, that word perfect in the Bible, complete, with, without uh, error, without subtraction, uh, entire, without lack, God's knowledge and wisdom is completely full. And so everything we just said about uh, him and his knowledge a minute ago applies here. Nothing uh, can be told him that he doesn't know already. Nothing can be shared with him of which he is not already aware. Nothing can be brought to his attention to bring him up to speed. Uh, and, and I love this. Not only does God know everything, uh, because of that, it means that God doesn't know anything better than something else. You know, there, we each have maybe areas of interest, hobbies, your areas of study that you know better than the person sitting next to you. Uh, Caleb does mechanic work. Uh, he knows how to fix airplanes. I have absolutely no idea how to do any of that. Uh, he knows that better than I do. Um, you, you have an area of expertise. You know, Jake knows small engines and motorcycles and stuff like that. I, I don't know any of that. So you, you have areas where you know, but there are maybe other areas in your life that you don't know quite as well. Uh, you probably wouldn't want to stand up and necessarily teach a bunch of kindergartners like Stephanie. Uh, and there, there are areas that you know better than you know others, but God doesn't have that. God knows everything completely and full. And not only that, but that means there is not one of us that he knows better than he knows another. And God doesn't know the person sitting next to you better than he knows you. God doesn't know your parents better than he knows you. Uh, God doesn't know me better than he knows you. And he doesn't know you better than he knows me. He knows all of us fully, completely. Uh, and, and, you know, think about this. Because we have to take, remember, we have to take all of these thoughts, these truths about God. And how do they apply to me today? How, how does that help me get closer to him? Well, immediately my mind goes to the area of prayer. Because when you go to God in prayer... You know, sometimes I think that when we go, when we, we take prayer requests or bring in, uh, we're, we're praying to God about something, we, uh, we get in our mind, whether, whether we consciously think this or not, but we, we approach it from the standpoint, well, I got to make sure God knows about that. I got to make sure God's aware about that. God, I don't think you realize that I'm sick. I don't think you realize that I need money. I don't think you realize that I've got this problem or this person has this problem for praying somebody else. Uh, when we go to God in prayer, you aren't making God aware of what's happening, uh, nor are you getting him up to date. You prayed about something this week, next week. Hey, God, let me give you an update on this. Uh, that's not what we're doing. Uh, you're praying to a God who already knows what you're praying about and what you're going to say about it before you even say it. Uh, and and now this, this should not stop us from praying. Well, if God already knows what I'm going to pray about, if God already knows what I need, God already knows this or that, then why do I even need to go to him? No, that, that shouldn't stop us from praying, but it should make us even more bold and confident in praying to him uh, about our needs and the needs of others. And so God's knowledge is intuitive. He knows it already. It is complete. God's not learning it piecemeal. He's not focused on one thing at a time. It is already complete. Uh, and then dovetailing that, that second uh, statement there, God's knowledge is simultaneous, not successive. It's simultaneous, not successive. Go to Isaiah chapter number 46.
Isaiah chapter number 46. And look at verse number 10. This is a wonderful verse. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. And so in this verse we see the eternality of God that we've already studied. We see the infinitude of God that we've already studied. And, last, and this week we see the omniscience of God all displayed. Uh, we see him from the beginning uh, to the end, and therefore knowing everything from the beginning to the end, the start to finish process and everything in between and everything that can and will happen. Uh, God knows everything all at once. He knows the whole entire plot at the same time. If you think about life for a moment, uh, like a screenplay or, or uh, something that you would watch or see, uh, we only see it one scene at a time. We only see it uh, one moment at a time, one line at a time. But it's a movie that God has already seen. Uh, it's something that God already knows. You know, you, you think about that movie that you've seen a hundred times and can quote it perfectly to anybody. You know exactly what's going to happen next. You know, right now, you know the entirety of that movie. That's how God looks at life. God knows everything uh, for the entirety. He sees and knows it all at once. He knows all things at once. His knowledge is simultaneous. It's all at the same time. Number three, uh, well, that next statement there on the, the, next, the next page of your handout, God's knowledge is independent, not dependent. God's knowledge is independent, not dependent. You're in Isaiah. Turn over a few pages to Isaiah 40. Yes, I am. Thank you. Isaiah 40. And look at verse number 13. Isaiah 40, verse number 13. The Bible says, Who hath directed the Spirit of the Lord, or being his counselor, hath taught him? With whom took he counsel, and who instructed him, and taught him in the path of judgment, and taught him knowledge, and showed to him the way of understanding? God's knowledge is independent. To say that God is not all-knowing, so if we were to say that God is not omniscient, that would be to say that there is some information or insight that he could learn. There is something that God still needs to learn if he's not all-knowing. I don't know about you, but I know for sure that there are a lot of things that I don't know. Therefore, I am not all-knowing. So if we were to say God is not all-knowing, that means that he needs to learn some things or that someone could teach him something or fill him in on something that he's missing. But for someone to be able to teach God something he does not know, that would make God less than himself and would make whoever could teach God greater than he and God in his place. But no one can do that. No one helps God see a better way. No one's there whispering in his ear saying, God, I think you ought to better do this uh, this way. No one clues him in on another option that he's not seeing or he's missing. Uh, our wisdom, uh, think about this, our wisdom, our knowledge, our understanding, whatever you have right now about life, about your field of study, about your career, 
Just the entirety of collection of knowledge and information and facts and understanding uh, and wisdom that you have, that has come from a life of learning and experience. Everything that you know right now is from, and you didn't get it yesterday, you didn't get it this morning, it hasn't even come just in the time that you have been in college or school or since you got out of school or even when you were in learning in school. It has come from an entire life of experience and learning. Uh, think about when we got here. And when I hear, I mean on this earth. We didn't know much when we got here. There were only a handful of things that we knew how to do. Cry, sleep, eat, and dispose of what we've eaten. Those are about the only things that we know how to do. Certainly, we didn't know what we know now. Certainly, uh, well, even think about this. How much have you learned even just in the last year? How much have you learned or grown in the last month? You know, we joked about it, but in the last week, we certainly have learned a lot. We have grown. We have learned over the entirety of our life. You know, we, I joke about this, and, and you've probably said it too, but the, the phrase, you learn something new every day, but not God. He doesn't learn. It is independent of anybody teaching him anything. It is independent of him uh, cluing in on something new. God knows uh, everything. God's knowledge is independent, not dependent. And uh, we're kind of saying a lot of the same things, but I want you to understand that God knows everything. God is omniscient. That next statement, uh, God's knowledge is infinite, not partial. God's knowledge is infinite, not partial. Go to Hebrews chapter number 4. Hebrews chapter number 4. And look at verse number 13. God's knowledge is infinite, not partial. There's no restriction on God's knowledge. There's not an area of life for a person that has ever lived that God was not privy to know. God's knowledge is infinite. Hebrews 4.13, neither is there any creature, creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open under the eyes of him with whom we have to do. God knows everything. Uh, uh, let me just expound on this a little bit and say a few other things about it. Uh, because God knows his knowledge is infinite. God sees all things. We just established that. Psalm 94, 9 through 11 said, He that planted the ear, shall he not hear? He that formed the eye, shall he not see? He that chastiseth the heathen, shall he not correct? He that teacheth man knowledge, shall not he know? The Lord knoweth the thoughts of man, uh, that they are vanity. Last week, God is omnipresent. He is everywhere. Therefore, he hears and sees Everything, even our thoughts, before uh, we think them. Uh, Proverbs 15.3 says, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. God is present everywhere. Therefore, he sees everything. God is knowing uh, uh, of everything. God sees all things, and because God sees all things, he knows all things. Uh, we just read a minute ago uh, Psalm 147, verse 5, that said his understanding is infinite. Verse 4 says, he telleth the number of the stars. He calleth them all 
by their names. Um, you know, you think about that. God, God knows everything about our life, everything that has happened, everything that is going on right now, everything that will happen. But God knows everything. The, the gamut of what God knows is so expansive. And that verse says that he even knows how many stars, how many billions of stars that there are in the universe. And he knows every single one of them by name. Every single one of them. God knows those things. He knows even the smallest details about life. Matthew 10, 29 says, Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father knowing it, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. God knows everything. The biggest, the, the number of stars in the universe, and when one little sparrow falls to the ground, uh, the big and small of the universe, not just the super spiritual mystery of theology or the eternal plan and purpose for the world, but the small, simple facts like each sparrow or the count of how many hairs that you have on your head. What in the world did somebody do with the knowledge of how many hairs I have on my head? But God knows it. God knows it. Isaiah, they're getting less every day. Isaiah 40. Uh, in fact, go there with me. Go back to Isaiah. We were in chapter 40 a minute ago, but Isaiah 40 in verse number 27. Isaiah 40 in verse number 27. God knows all things. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God? He doesn't know. Verse 28, hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord's, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary, there is no searching of his understanding. There's no finding the end of it. There's no, there's no finding the boundaries where it doesn't reach. There's no discovering uh, the, the one thing that God doesn't know. We don't find those. Uh, it cannot be summarized. It cannot, it cannot be measured. God's not going to take an IQ test. He'd break it. Uh, God uh, will not take a strength finder test. Uh, it doesn't apply to God. There's no measurement of knowledge or mental ability that we can give God because it is expansive. It is infinite. He knows all things. And because God knows all things, God knows all men. God knows every single one of us. Um, uh, he knows, uh, well, go to Acts chapter number one. Acts chapter number one. Acts chapter number 1, look at verse number 24. And they prayed and said, Thou, Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, show whether, show whether of these two thou hast chosen. God knows all men. Uh, he knows our thoughts. First uh, Chronicles 28.9 says, God understands all the imaginations of the thoughts. Uh, Ezekiel 11.5 says, I know the things that come into your mind every one of them. He knows our thoughts. He knows our words. Uh, go to Psalm 139. Psalm 139. We looked at Psalm 139 last week in talking about God's omnipresence. But what a, a great description it has in the first few verses of God's omniscience. Psalm 134, verse number one. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my downsitting and my uprising. 
Thou understandest my thought afar off. Before I even think it, God, you know what my thought is. Thou compassest my path and my lying down and art acquainted. You know all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue. But lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind before and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. God knows our words in verse number four. He knows our deeds in verse number three. Thou art acquainted with all my ways. God knows our sorrows. Exodus 3, 7, God talking about the children of Israel and Egypt said, I know their sorrows. Uh, he knows our needs. Matthew 6 in verse number 8 said, Be not ye therefore likened to them, for your father knoweth what things ye have needs of, need of before ye ask him. God knows uh, our service to him. God knows our faithfulness to them, uh, to him. He sees it. He knows it. Second Chronicles 16, 9 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Uh, God knows and remembers who we are, that we're frail, that we're weak. Uh, Psalm 103, 14, God uh, knows our frame. He remembers that we're dust. He knows our foolishness. This is where it starts to get a little personal. Uh, God knows our foolishness. Psalm 69, verse 5 says, Thou knowest my foolishness. My sins are not hid from thee. God knows who we really are. Uh, Jeremiah 17, 9, he knows that the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it but God? Um, boy, I, I love this. I was thinking about this. The fact that God knows everything about us. God knows everything that we've ever done, good and bad. God knows everything that we've ever thought, good and bad. God knows everything we've ever said, good and bad. And let me say this, God knowing and God condoning are two different things. So make sure you remember that. But God knows all of those things. And, and what makes that kind of awesome, you know, we haven't talked about it in here, but I think in our, our series on Revelation on Wednesday nights, we mentioned the fact that Revelation calls Satan the accuser, the accuser of the brethren. Um, Satan can't really accuse us of anything because God already knows. He already knows all those things. Uh, God already knows uh, and he still loves us. Uh, God knows in John 10, 14 and 2 Timothy 2, 19, uh, that even though we were sinners, we're his now. Uh, that's who we really are. God knows the past, the present, and the future. Uh, Acts 15, 18 uh, says, Known unto God are all his works from the beginning of the world. God knows what might or could have been. You think about that. God knows everything. He knows all of the possibilities. He knows all of the options. He knows every single opportunity and possibility. Uh, Matthew eleven twenty three, uh, and thou Capernaum, which art exalted unto heaven, shall be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which have been done in thee had been done in Sodom. It would have remained until this day. Uh, Jesus is not just speaking in, in suppositions or broad terms. Oh, yeah, I think that if this had happened here, these people would have repented. No, he knows exactly. Uh, he knows that if Sodom had seen what he was doing, that they would have repented. He knows what might or could have been. Uh, God has exhaustive knowledge over all things that come to pass. God alone declares 
what is to come. God alone knows the future, for God alone has ordained it. So, as we think about God's omniscience, what should this affect? How should this uh, motivate me or affect my life right now? Well, I think it should affect a couple of things. Let me give you these real quick and then we'll be done. I think, first of all, it ought to affect our worship. Now, these are not on your handout, but it ought to affect our worship. That ought to affect, we said worship is, is how we see God, seeing Him as He truly is. And we need to see God as omniscient, one who knows all things. And, and we ought to see Him for being the one who knows all things, who knows all mankind, who knows all of our thoughts. You know, think about that for a second. How amazing would it be for you to know all the thoughts of one person? Of one person. You know, when you get married... Um, you think, oh, this is great. We're going we're gonna to know everybody's thoughts. No, you don't. Uh, sorry, Amanda and Caleb. Uh, just kidding. But, but to know uh, how one person thinks, and every, not just how they think, but every single thought. That, that would be an amazing, amazing thing to know every thought of one person. And God knows every thought of every person for all time. God knows it all. Uh, we see God, we need to see God for being the one who knows all and still loves all. God knows all and still loves all. And so it ought to affect our worship. It ought to affect our humility, how we approach God, um, that he knows us and he sees us. Uh, our humility. Uh, I just, there was a quote that I read in studying for this, and it's so good. And so uh, I'm just going to, to read it to you. It says, There is nothing man is more apt to be proud of than his knowledge. It is a perfection he glories in. But if our own knowledge of the little outside and barks of thing puffs us up, the consideration of the infiniteness of God's knowledge should abate the tumor. As our beings are nothing in regard to the infiniteness of his essence, so our knowledge is nothing in regard of the fastness of his understanding. We have a spark of being, but nothing to the heat of the sun. We have a drop of knowledge, but nothing to the divine ocean. What a vain thing it is for a shallow brook to boast of its streams before a sea whose depths are unfathomable. As it is a vanity to brag of our strength when we remember the power of God and of our prudence when we glance upon the wisdom of God, so it is no less to vanity to boast of our knowledge when we think of the understanding and knowledge of God. We have nothing to boast of. We have nothing uh, to brag about when we compare uh, ourselves to the knowledge of God. Uh, it ought to affect our, our worship, our humility. It ought to affect our holiness. The knowledge that God sees all and knows all should be, if we were convinced of its truth, one of the greatest deterrents of the temptation. If we see that we believe God sees and knows all and it doesn't affect us, then we have to ask ourselves, do we truly believe it? Do we truly believe that God sees and knows all? And then it ought to affect our love for him. Uh, what ought to make this truth that God knows and sees all the most amazing to us. And, and while it ought to probably produce, it, it, not probably, it ought to produce in us a, a fear of falling into sin, at the same time it should be a foundation of comfort and assurance. Because if God is omniscient, 
then he knows the worst thing about you. He knows the worst thing about every single one of us, and yet he still loves us with an unfailing love. And to me, that is the one thing that we need to take away, that God knows everything, God knows all. What a wonderful, amazing thing, and you try to comprehend and think about all of the things that we'll never understand in life. God knows it, but the most amazing thing is that God knows the worst thing about me, and he still loves me, and he still loves you. Thank you.